Hey everyone. Thank you for taking the time to join in with Uncommon Women Podcast, a dope podcast to bring light to reality from real life people sharing real life stories with a host of women having real life talk, the good and the bad with no judgment. Uncommon Women's Loyalty is here to support those that need a safe space to speak their truth and rawness to the world. Tune in, relax, take notes, and let's vibe. Here are your hosts, Uncommon Women. Hi, thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And I am Tyra, the Go Guru. So today I'm super excited. We have an amazing speaker that's going to be jumping on with us in just a moment uh, by the name of Nani. She's a mother of two daughters, which has one daughter that's serving the military, a minister, business owner, life insurance agent, and podcaster. Um, today she's going to be sharing her story of how she's overcame many challenges in life. Despite it all, she's able to rise to the top. Rise to the top. Um, but before we get into her story, uh, thank you, Nani, so much for coming on the podcast today. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So before we get into your amazing testimony, can you tell us a little bit about um, your childhood and how was your life growing up? Sure. So um, I was born in Kentucky, so I have Kentucky blood in me. Okay. Um, but I wasn't raised in Kentucky. My mom remarried and she moved to Miami before I was a year old. So I have a little country and city in me. So I grew up in Miami where it was a melting pot. Um, I had a, grew up with a lot of different friends from different cultures. Um, I saw a lot in Miami. I'm actually very grateful for the opportunity to be able to grow, you know, to grow up in a big city where I was able to expand my thinking and my mindset. And so um, later on in life, I moved back to Kentucky. Well, I take that back. I moved to Indiana first. I'm okay. from Indiana. When I moved from Indiana, it was such a culture shock. Um, the town that I was in, it was a small town. And I decided that, you know, as soon as I can, I'm going to get out of here. So I stayed there long enough to have my daughter, the one that's 21, and one day I just started coming to Louisville, Kentucky. I was telling my family that I was going to work, but I was coming to Louisville, Kentucky, actually um, looking for a job and looking for an apartment. And I moved here. By the time I figured everything out, got the apartment, I had like $400 left, but I still came with a toddler. And so I've been here ever since. So I'm back in Kentucky um, where I think God wanted me to be. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to ask now. you, what drew you back to Kentucky? How do you know that that was your space? Well, my father's a, um, he was a pastor. He passed three years ago, um, but he came here to do a funeral. Um, and he brought me here mm -hmm. with him to do a funeral. I had an uncle that lived here. So I came, I, I came to Louisville a few times. Um, I think once when we visit Kentucky, when I was living in Miami, we came to Louisville. But I knew that it was kind of like a city. So mm -hmm. I told myself, you know, I wanted to be more in like a little, at least get to a city again, you know. So um, I remember when I was here with my dad, as we were leaving out, it was just something in my spirit said, you're going to move here. And I remember I just spoke mm -hmm. and I said, dad, I'm going to live here one day. 
And he was like, girl, no, you're not. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And he got heard that little small, still voice telling me that I would. And, you know, here I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking it's the Kentucky Derby. You know, y'all, y'all big on Kentucky Derby. So with your bet with your dad being um a pastor and you know growing up in that different type of lifestyle, um, can you speak on the church and how's that affected you and how you got into doing ministry? Sure. Um Like I said earlier, you know, I didn't actually get to grow up with my dad. Uh, When I got to my dad, I was in my late teen years. So um, my mom, she's a very spiritual woman, woman of God, and she raised us in the church in Miami. So um, I got baptized when I was seven. We went to a little storefront church in uh, Miami called St. John Missionary Baptist Church. And she just, you know, she just was very deeply rooted in into Christianity and in the church. And um, it was just, it's just been something like many of us, you know, that we grew up with, like we couldn't get away from it. So. Mm-hmm. So growing up in the church, did you have uh, any misconceptions or did you, uh, what, were there any situations that, you know, even growing up as a, a child and being Christian in the church there, was there any situations that happened along the way that made you feel like, you know, that may have kept you and wanted that one that you keep you away from the church? Did you say that'll keep me away from the church? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, growing up in the church, it was great. You know, um, in Florida, I loved the pastor. And so um, the memory that I had, even when I came to live with my dad, you know, being the preacher's daughter, there's all kind of perks and everybody's nice to you and bringing pies and things to the house. So, you know, I didn't really get to see a lot. Um, And so once I got on my own, which I I actually moved out. I only stayed with my dad like about a year once I left Miami. Okay, um, okay. And so I moved out on my own. And so, you know, those late teen years to basically like 30, I really did not get too involved in the church. I think I was church okay. out, you yeah, know, okay. so I would go when I wanted to go. Um, okay. I took my daughter a few times. And so when I actually decided to commit back, um, it was pretty much, you know, I just did an episode talking about the prodigal son. Um, it was pretty much one of those situations where, you know, I kind of lived life a little bit, um, got around some of the wrong people, um, got in, got into relationships that wasn't good for my soul. And I had a moment, I had to come to my senses moment in my bedroom one day. Um, and I just cried out to God and I told him like, Lord, I don't know what I've done with my life. You know, I had that freedom because God to give us that freedom. You know, we have, um, the opportunity to make choices and do what we want to do. And so as soon as yeah. I had that opportunity, I did. Um, but I wasn't, I looked at my life and I wasn't satisfied. And so I couldn't think of anything but to cry out to God. And I did that in my bedroom and um, he started working on me and I felt it in my spirit that I needed to get back into the church so that I could learn about him. Um, and especially being here in a city where I didn't really have family um, mm. I haven't been homeless. You know, I haven't been hungry. That's part of my testimony. I love telling people about that. You know, I haven't even had to ride the bus. Um, mm. God has, even though 
my fleshly part of me have put myself around certain people that wasn't good for me, the Lord will always strip them away before, you know, it could do harm to me. And so um, in that moment of crying out to God in that come to moment in my bedroom, you know, it's like God was showing me, even though I was through, I was feeling pain um, because of just where my life was at at that moment, he was showing me how through it all, he's never left. Mm. Even though I might not have, you know, been seeking him, he's been there the entire time. And so it's like he, he put in my mind the memories of, look, you haven't been homeless. You've been in the city. You came here with $400. Mm. Um, you know, you're a single mom. You're raising a child. Regardless of how hard it's been, I've been protecting you. I've been your provider. And, you know, I felt in that moment that he wanted me to get in the church, learn more about him, learn more about his word. And also, I felt that he was calling me to other single parents as well. Mm -hmm to let them know that, you know, even though life gets hard, you know, you don't have to do anything um, that is not in the will of God to survive. And so mm -hmm. that's that was my mission. And so I was like literally on a mission. Um, I had a church that I was visiting every now and then for like 10 years and I never joined. Um, but after that moment, it was like I had, it was weird the way that I found the church that I went to because a neighbor of mine, she wasn't even a member, but she was going to visit. So she invited me to visit like a Bible study. And from mm -hmm. that moment on, um, I remember praying on one Sunday, asking God, like, is this it? Is this where I'm supposed to be? And he, I felt he answered me and I joined. So around 30 years old is when I stepped back into the church. Wow. And that's when wow. <laughs> I started wow. to see it was not the same like I remembered as a child. Yeah. <laughs> um, different minds, of course, so different perspectives. So I was able to see things a little bit differently. And then I also stepped into leadership. And I feel like that's a different ball game in the church. Mm -hmm. It's one thing when you're just a lay member, you go in, you mm -hmm. worship, you yep. pray. Mm -hmm. But when you get into leadership and you start really seeing a lot of different things, um, that's I feel like when the when it's pretty much like a game changer. Mm. So there was a lot of things I seen then yeah. um, coming back in that made me decide after about nine years, um, I felt it was my time to figure out a way to continue to walk my purpose out. Um, I started to notice, look, we are in different times. We are not our parents. Um, and I just started to do what the Bible says, you know, test the tree by its fruit. I started noticing things and I couldn't just allow myself to stay put just because, um, you know, of a commitment to man. Um, I felt yeah. like God was ready to do more and it was time to move forward because I did a lot in the church. I, I led the usher board. Um, when I first, when I left out, I was leading the women's ministry. I was teaching, you know, I taught Bible study, Sunday schools yeah. and all of that became a minister. Yeah. Um, but at that point, I felt that God had other plans for me. That's so powerful. So, so powerful. Before you actually found your purpose, you know, in the ministry, you said you moved to um, a, state, a city by yourself with your daughter with only $400. How was life? Can you take us down, you know, take a walk down memory lane on how it was being a single mom and, you know, what trials and tribulations that you went through with your flesh before you was able to get into your purpose? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, when I first got here, it was like, um, when I look back now, God was definitely showing me who was boss. Um, 
Mm. I had the $400 and I thought, you know, like I said, I wasn't telling anybody what I was doing. I didn't even tell my dad till it was time to pretty much like leave. And um, I got here and I had a job set up at the casino. I had a really, really good paying job. And the casino here where I live, it's not in Kentucky. We are neighboring states with Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's diff- we're neighboring states with different parts of Indiana. So there's like a Jeffersonville, there's a Clarksville, there's a New Albany, all that connects into Kentucky. And at that time, when I first got here, I had an apartment like right across the bridge in the Jeffersonville part of Indiana. And so I didn't know how to get to my job from where I was living. Because like I said, I really didn't know much about this city. Right. So I was crossing two bridges every day. And long story short, about two weeks of being here and having my job, um, they called me in the office and told me, you know, like, you got one more time to be late. We're on the point system. And um, wow. if you're late again, we're going to have to let you go. So, wow. like, I remember the day that I was going, traffic was backed up. I was going to be late. So I lost my job wow. uh, two weeks after moving here. And... I had to basically figure it out, but there was nothing in me that wanted to go back. There was nothing like, oh, this didn't work out. Uh, My mind was just like, okay, what's next? What do I have to do next? So I went and got a job and I had to work at a gas station. So I had to go from this good paying job to working at a gas station just so that I can continue to pay my rent and put food on the table. And so from that moment, it went from like just... It was a journey. <laughs> it was a journey. Um, I didn't really find a good, good paying job with benefits until um, probably like 10 years ago when I was working at the job that, you know, we will probably discuss a little bit later. And um, I got a job in corporate America, but I had to wait on tables. It was definitely a struggle um, for me to be able to maintain. Um, and one thing that I always told myself growing up is I would never just settle for a man just to take care of me. Mm-hmm. And with having girls, you know, you really have to be careful on bringing men in your life. Right. And so yeah. that was like never my concern. My concern was just how can I continue to maintain? Um, I've worked different jobs, you know, even when I was working in corporate America and had a decent job, sometimes I would go and work um, third shift while the kids would sleep sometimes and clean planes at the airport just to get extra money, wait on tables, work at the tracks part time. Because I did not want my kids to feel as if they were being raised by a single mother. Mm. Um, And God gave me the strength to do it all. You know, I didn't want them to miss a beat. Some of the things that I did not have growing up, I never went to prom. And so, you know, I wanted to make sure my daughter went to prom, junior and senior. And, you know, I would have to work two or three jobs sometimes to make that happen. And looking back now, I don't even know how I did it. I really don't know how I did it. But... Could have been nobody but God strengthening me through it all. I think it's important mm. though that during your testimony, you're mentioning how you're doing the work too. You mm-hmm. weren't like you were doing whatever yeah. you had to do. Mm-hmm. You weren't complaining, mm-hmm. you know, and it was you were in a position where you could have been like, I don't have four hundred dollars, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going, I'm not gonna settle for a job that's not better than what I had. You did the work. You mm-hmm. earned your blessing. And I feel like I wanted to ask you if you could speak on that, because I think that it's important that you have this testimony because you're in such a position where people are looking up to you. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes they shy away from the church. They get church hurt mm-hmm. because they feel like if I'm such a good follower of Christ, why am I going through anything like this? 
mm-hmm. or I should have more than 400 or I'm not working at a gas station. And it made you who you are today. So I think it's important that people don't shy away, mm-hmm. you know, and keep pushing through. But I just wanted to hear, like, have you experienced anyone that has dealt with, like, church hurt and use that as an excuse? Um, Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of times what they see is because when people do come back into the church, especially like if you grew up in a church or even yeah. those that's never been in the church, you have expectations for what you would think you're going to find in the church. You're going to a place to be healed. You're going to a place to be whole. Um, but what we fail to realize a lot and what, you know, I had to learn the hard way was sometimes, you know, everybody's human. Um, even those that have never left the church. And yeah. a lot of people that's never left the church, I feel like a lot of times they get comfortable. And so you have people coming in with this strong desperation and, you know, they're just so sold out. Um, you know, they're, they're just whatever it is you need me to be, God. You know, this is what I want to be. And when you have a willing heart, God will elevate you and do different things. Mm-hmm. And so then you have, you know, just like the prodigal son, when he came home, his brother was saying like, you know, why are you throwing a party for him? Why are you doing this? He, yeah. you know, he he was, you know, spending his money yeah. on prostitutes, yeah. and I was here the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, they don't really understand because God sees the heart, and that's kind of what happened with me because God was doing things that I never asked for. But I'm sure those that had never left wanted some to be in those positions, yeah. and so, um, and also, you know, a lot of people don't like to talk about church hurt, but it does. It hurts at times when you have the. Um, when you are expecting for something to be a certain way and you don't get that. But I think you put too much trust on man. I definitely Mm -hmm. see things differently now that I've been away for a while uh, because I had expectations that, okay, well, if you have a title of this and you have a title of that, there are certain morals and integrity that I will get out of this person, Mm -hmm. not knowing that everyone, you know, does not um, have a heart like Christ. Everyone sometimes wants the title for their own self gratifications and things like that. So that's where I was a little confused at. Um, just like gossip, uh, drama, and all of that mm-hmm. type of stuff, you find that in the church just like you find it in the workplace because we're humans coming together. Yeah. And that's just something you can't get away from. But I, I think, you know, when you don't expect to see that and you deal with it and when you don't understand. And for me, a lot of times I didn't understand a lot, for one, what God was doing in my life. And he was elevating me and doing things and using me in ways. And so it's like I was learning as I was going. <laughs> but people on the other opposite side looking at that, it's like, okay, you're doing a lot. I don't like it. <laughs> and you feel it. You feel yeah. it. You know, yeah. people have a nice, nasty way of showing you how they really feel about certain things. And it hurts you yeah. when, you know, all you want to do is like, I didn't, even, I didn't even ask you for this title right. and all this other stuff. I just want to be whole. I just want to be healed but you know you're taking me through something and um i think it all comes full circle you know i think it all just kind of comes together eventually and for me it's about like you said not just giving up and still working and putting in the work and doing the work you know faith without works is dead so if i believe god regardless if i'm going into a church every day every week or if i'm you know watching church on television if I believe that God has a purpose for my life, my days are going to look like I believe it. So, you know, I'm going to still study my word. I'm still praying. Um, even with the podcast, I feel that I have to still open my voice and tell people, you know, how good God has been and the things that he's told me to do. And I continue to pray about it. And, you know, as long as God is making provision for it, I feel like I'm on the right path regardless, 
you know, and I've heard people say, well, you know, you're not in the will of God or, you know, I wish I just want to see you get back into the will of God and get into the church and do this. Um, but that that's where I'm it go back to being grateful for growing up in a place where I was able to not have an in the box mentality because mm -hmm. I feel that God can speak to me in ways that maybe others wouldn't understand um, because he will show me that I do have a purpose for your life. Even though I was using you inside of the church right now, I feel that um, I started to notice when I started my podcast that my audience wasn't church folks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my mm -hmm. audience was people that I was dealing with when I wasn't in the church. They were watching me. They were messaging me saying, hey, you blessed me. Um, they were telling me how, you know, it's actually I encourage them to go to church, to go on that same path, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's all about taking God outside the box and not allowing right. anyone to box yeah, in yeah. your purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really good. And you brought up a good point. I think a lot of people, you know, when they're um, starting their relationship with God and going into church, they're idolizing men, man and putting them mm -hmm. on a pedestal of actually building a relationship with God because mm -hmm. a lot yep. of people stay from going to church based off of something someone said or something someone did in the church yep. and our focus should be on God and our relationship and being a better person within him and mm -hmm. sadly it happens all the time it happens all the time in amongst churches and a lot of people do sway away from that based off of something someone said that's been going mm -hmm. to the church for years mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then it becomes like a popularity type of thing. You know, mm -hmm. um, like you say, they put all their faith in men and some people see certain people in the church that's popular. So they come in. I mean, and I've had it, too. Like I've seen people that like to, a lot of people wasn't really speaking to them. They kind of was shy. And I felt like, you know, God was telling me, go speak to them, kind of pull them out of their shell a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I would do that. But like if a certain person that they felt had a little power or, you know, um, a certain mm -hmm. position. Um, wanted them to kind of sway over their way. They would do whatever they need to do yes. to be accepted. And I just feel like that just goes back to us truly knowing who we are in Christ. Mm -hmm. So we don't have yeah. to, you know, dumb ourselves down or suck up to people or try to be accepted into anybody's circle, whether it's in the church or outside of the church. Mm -hmm. I agree. I definitely yeah. agree on that. Mm -hmm. That's a good yeah. point. So transitioning into, you know, corporate America and starting a new job, how was that transition of, you know, finally not having to have so many different types of hustles and finally just getting a good paying job and being a mom and just, you know, being content with working um, in the insurance uh, industry? It was, a, I couldn't believe it was happening <laughs> when it happened. Um, Cause you know, those type of jobs, they take you through a long process. Mm -hmm. It's like a couple of weeks of, um, you know, hiring and all of that, yeah. testing and all kind of stuff. <laughs> and I remember I was panicking. Like I would drive, I was driving to training. I was thinking of, they had a point system too. So, you know, I already had an experience with that. Stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. so I remember I was like always panicking and I remember driving to work one day and I was listening to Marvin Sapp. He saw the best in me. Um, and I was just praying to God, like, God, I can't believe that, you know, I got this job. And I felt like God gave me a calm, like he was saying, like, relax, chill out. You're going to have this for some years. He didn't say forever. So, <laughs> you know, uh, when I transitioned out of it, I wasn't too shocked because he said years. I was thinking something like five years at least. Um, but I was happy. You know, I was just good that, you know, I didn't have to work as hard as had, I, you know, how, how I was working. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
definitely a relief. That's good. That's good. I love how God does that. I love, love like he just comes and tells you so you don't worry about later on. And, you know, when it does happen mm -hmm. and you're just like, OK, now I know what you're talking about. So now I'm mm -hmm. OK and I'm able to go to the next chapter and what else he wants me to do. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you already know how he shows out for you. So it's like, you have so much faith. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, like, <laughs> it's like, I made it this far. <laughs> right. Able yeah. to bring yourself back when, you know, naturally we default to that anxiety. Like, oh, uh -huh. what happened? You know, when I yep. got that call, like, uh, no, no longer here with us. Um, I kind of was like uh, a little nervous at first. Like, yeah. what just happened? You know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's so funny because my 13-year-old daughter, she was telling me how she was like, mom, when you lost your job, you know, I was like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Are we going right. to be in the courthouse? Yeah, she Aww. was like, after you did have a nervous breakdown in two weeks, I figured we'll be okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> God definitely gave me that, you know, confirmation that he wasn't doing it to hurt me. He was doing it to help me. You got to be careful what you pray for. You know, mm -hmm. I was praying for peace at this time after 10 years in corporate America. Um, I was a business intelligence engineer and I did a lot of data analysis and things like that. And it was very, very stressful. Sometimes I worked 10 hours um, and I, you know, I had the vision of my podcast and all of that, but it was like, I could barely put in probably 30% of, you know, my visions because I was always so busy working and, you know, pushing forward the next man's vision. And so God was just showing me like, this is a time for you to understand. You've been praying for more. You've been asking for me to increase your territory. It don't seem like it's happening. It seems like you're going backwards, but this is an opportunity for you to increase your faith. Trust me and um, look at it like the sky's the limit now. You know, you can go back to the drawing board and you could do pretty much, you know, you can actually do something you love to do every day instead yeah. of just surviving. It's time to live. Mm. <laughs> That's a word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I knew you grew up in the church, and so you probably have a lot of idols or people that it's, it's easy to look up to. You know how we just said. You know, your father was a pastor, and it's normal to idolize men because we need some ambition to keep moving forward. And mm -hmm. like from what I hear, you had a lot of tenacity. You didn't seem like you panicked much. You were brave. And um, I wanted to know who inspired you at that time when you were making all these changes and it, you were a single mom, so you had to make these choices alone. Mm -hmm. Who inspired you to be so strong? Um, I definitely feel it was God. <laughs> I, um, and that's the thing about the strength. Like people see the strength, but they don't see the tears. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely mm -hmm. cried the tears. Um, I cried out to God a lot. I have those moments. And when I first like really was getting into um, ministry, I feel like my dad confirmed my gift because, you know, um, I would do Bible studies and things like that. And I will actually go over what I was going to say with him. He would never help me with anything, but he would listen and he would tell me, you got it. Like, you know, you're anointed to do this. And he also, when, when I was dealing with things that I couldn't understand, he was able to actually walk me through it. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely feel that my father, um, and I also had some ladies in the church that would pray for me and pray with me when they could tell that, you know, things was getting heavy on me. I had a few people that yeah. I could call and they would, you know, kind of keep me encouraged and keep me, 
you know, motivated to go forward. But um, the the main person, the main person I feel that it is, it was the Lord. Like I just remember a lot of times, mm. even in church, times when things got hard, when I would go in the bathroom and cry sometimes, you know, that little kind of quiet cry. And, you know, God would just give me more strength and let me know not to be afraid and to continue to go forth that he is with me always. And he said that he will never leave me nor forsake me. And, you know, um, that's pretty much where my strength came from through it all. Hmm. That is so good. That is so yeah. good. Yeah. So mm -hmm. taking a look back at your life, like just as a whole, mm -hmm. what part of your life that makes you feel so accomplished that, you know, you just go back and you think like, wow, like it's just wow. It just wows you to this point where you are in your life. I would say um, just being here still. Still being here, mm -hmm. still being alive. Um, mm -hmm. I had a, a a period in my life where I, you know, would think about some of the dreams and things that I wanted to do that I didn't accomplish, and it would make me feel less than a person. Um, where I'm at now, and I I just have to give all glory to God on this as well. Mm -hmm. He showed me that you know He created us different for a reason. Um, everything, you know, was for you may not be for me and for me to just be grateful. Like the more he took away, it helped me to be grateful for what I had, um, especially like even just losing my job. You know, the Lord was showing me how. So what? It's a job. You know, you can you can get a job, but like basically don't yeah. be crying and praying like, oh, God, what am I going to do if you say you believe in me? I need you to know that because it's easy. You know, people, I, I just talked to a friend and they was like, you know, I got a raise. Yeah. God's been good to me. God's been good. It's good when everything is going good. But what about mm -hmm. when things aren't going so good? Can you still? So I feel my biggest accomplishment right now is being able to wake up in the spirit of gratitude, to be able to wake up knowing how I started my story to see my daughter, the one that I came here with when I had $400, she's in the military. She has the same drive that I have. And, you know, it's like I saw a little me when she became an adult. She was like, I want to live in Texas. And I'm like, no, girl, no, you ain't going to live in Texas. She's living in Texas. Um, she didn't have a car when she went to Texas. She actually went to the military right after high school. Okay. So she didn't have her license wow. when she left. She was in New York for a while. She ended up getting her permit and her license. Well, she got her permit before she left. She didn't have her license. She got her license in New York. And I'm like, okay, well, you don't even have a car. You're talking about moving all the way to Dallas, Texas. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to get a car. And so <laughs> I went there when she moved. And I, I had met this lady that drove Lyft and everything. And I was trying to introduce her to certain people in Dallas. So, mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, I don't, I don't need them because I'm going to get me a car. And <laughs> she has her car. And she's a little bitty thing, like five, three, 125 pounds. I call her G.I. Jane because she's a little soldier. Um, but just to see her ambition, to see, um, you know, everything that I went through didn't damage me where I was able to raise her and, you know, to look at my daughter now that's here with me. Um, regardless of the family support or whatever, to see her, you know, 4.0 student, student council president, you know, the thing we just did tonight, you know, um, I feel that my biggest accomplishment is the fact that I could still see the hand of God and appreciate it. 
and not compare myself mm. anymore to other people. Um, the things that made me sad and made me feel less than was the things that the world tells us that we should have. Um, mm. And so we do it. You know, I've seen a lot of people, the world say, you know, you should be married by a certain time. You should do all mm. of this. Um, you know, go to college, get the degrees, go get you a good job. And I've seen so many people do that and they're not happy. happy. Mm -hmm. So being mm -hmm. able to define what is happiness, not based off of what people are telling me, but what God tells me it should be. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, just being able to still, you know, be here and be grateful. So, you know, a lot of times when my mind want to default into negativity or to stress or to worry, especially when I first wake up, I just start saying like, God, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for this bed. If I can't think of anything, I'm grateful for this cup of coffee, you know, and it just kind of put my spirit in the right place to be able to continue on with my day. Mm. I love that. I love that. You know, as parents, sometimes we do worry when, you know, our children feel like they got it all together and we like, no, no, wait, let me, let me help no. you out. Let me, mm -hmm. She's been with you. She's seen you struggle, but you were able to get yourself out of the mug, mud. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, I guess that inspired her and motivated her to be like, Mom, I got this. Yeah. I can do this. Don't worry. I got this. Mm -hmm. able to go to, you know, Dallas and take care yeah. of everything. And you did an amazing job being a mom and, you know, planting those seeds of, you know, not giving up. Yeah. Thank you. For sure. Mm -hmm. I it makes yeah. sense. She and gets I love it from her mama, mean. like Shanara said. Prime example. You didn't discourage her, and you know you motivate. But what her. I see most of all with you is your faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. They say faith is a spiritual gift, and yeah. I'm thinking that's probably the one the Lord gave me, because I've been through a lot where you know, and I feel that God allowed mm. people to disappoint me um, at times, you know, just so that I can lean on him and remember that, that nobody's running the show but God, mm -hmm. you know, and um, yeah. just as a single mm -hmm. mom, you know, like I said, not settling and all of that and just continuing to have faith where I'm at right now, you know, transitioning from corporate America to, you know, basically entrepreneurship. Um, it's called, it's, it's, it's taking a lot <laughs> of faith and, I, you know, I just put it on God, like, Lord, you say it. And, you know, like she said earlier, you know, not just believing, but actually putting in the work. Faith without works is dead. Just mm -hmm. showing God, like, I believe you yep. said, you know, this is what you said. So I'm going to get up every day. Um, I can make my own schedule now, but I don't lay in the bed. I'm still up at six o'clock in the morning, you know, doing things. I have an agenda. Like I have to be serious if I believe God is telling me that there's more for me. So Faith is definitely, um, I feel like that's probably my strong point. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. So now, you know, being a business owner and, you know, making your own schedule and, you know, living part of your best life, definitely mm -hmm. with your own uh, flexibility. Speak mm -hmm. on how you were able to get into podcasting and, you know, what inspired you to actually start a podcast? Well, um, you know, I, I left the church like two years ago. Actually, I think in a couple of weeks, it'll be two years exactly. Okay. And, you know, a lot of times people leave the church. They may go to another church or they may go here. And I didn't really know what I was going to do, honestly. Um, I really wasn't expecting to leave when I left. But um, it was just a situation where I felt like, yeah, this is not really good for my soul. Um, you know, I want to serve. I want to do God's work. But at the same time, like... You know, I'm helping people, but it's like my soul is like 
going into a place that I'm not, you know, I'm not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. That's to be nice. <laughs> um, and so I didn't really know what I was supposed to do. Um, I did hear God say, be still for a while. And I knew he was going to use me in some type of way. And I had man in my ear saying, well, you know, you can start your own church or you can, you know, you can do this, you can do that. And, you know, God was just saying, being still. And he showed me that he was going to continue to use me to be able to tell people about him. And um, the podcast came about a year after. And I sat on it for a while and I moved in silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just worked it and I knew that this is what God wanted me to do. And I had to actually take that whole year, honestly, to be honest with you ladies, that first year I had to heal, um, because, you know, I feel that I was in a state of, I was very vulnerable going into the church. You remember I said how I cried out to God. I had, yeah. just, you know, came away from a lot of things in the world. Um, and so a lot of things I wasn't expecting. I had to make sure that I wasn't disappointing God because mm-hmm. I had a lot of people like, well, you're not, you're out of his will. That's not what he wants for you. You know, you're supposed to be doing this. You know, you're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing that. So that first year was, you know, since still mm-hmm. let God confirm that he wasn't mad at me, <laughs> um, that what people were saying was not true. You know, um, that he still wanted to use me, that he still had, you know, purpose for my life. Then I had to heal yeah. and know that, you know, um, I wasn't, what you know sometimes insecure people want to make you feel insecure and people can look at it you know i actually had to remember like hey you did move here with 400 dollars. you was this strong person when i left the church i didn't really feel that way i felt like i almost kind of was getting like i was breaking down a little bit forgetting who i was um just because of some of the reactions and some of the things that i dealt with um, and the way that certain people handled me, you know, as if I was broken, I was a person that shared my testimony about things. And sometimes people will flip that on you and t- make it seem like, oh, you're broken, you're healed. So if you got a problem with something, it's not okay. Well, let's deal with it. Oh, you're still hurt. You're still broken. You're this. So I felt like I was just this broken piece of person, you know, for a long time. And God had to remind me of who I was. Um, and he had to build me back up. And that's when, I stepped out and started to do the podcast Mm. and that's why I titled it according to his purpose, because God was showing me that he has something for each and every one of us to do. He's not just calling for us to just be in the church and, um, you know, everybody purpose is not within the four walls. You know, he told us to go out and he showed me like things was coming full circle for my life. And, had I listened to other people, I probably would have been out of his will, but it would have looked like I was in his will because I was doing what others were saying. But if God was showing me, you know, those people that you was around when I didn't let the devil kill you and I didn't let you get locked up like those, that's who you're called to. You know, those single mothers, that, that's who you're called to. And it's time to get to work. And we did it through the podcast. And I just stepped out on faith once again. I had no idea. I kind of started it with like a one man show. Um, I was supposed to have help, but things didn't really co- go through that way. But I just continued to go. And when I dropped the first episode, I was like, you know, I didn't even want to look at my numbers or anything because I'm like, I don't care. I was like, if it's just one person and I'm doing what God wants me to do, you know, we try to be humble. Um, but then I saw like okay we are hitting different countries and things now you know the first episode was like 23 cities and God was showing me like 
Now, could you imagine had you sat still and not move forward? Um, those people that I needed to hear what you had to say would have missed out on that. So he was showing me it's very important for us to do things that he seek him for our, for direction mm -hmm. um, for our lives and don't allow other no. people tradition, you know, to make us feel that we have to do it a certain way. Agreed. Yeah. We're in different times mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. people are, a lot of the time it's projection mm -hmm. and people yep. want you to do what they wish they did or mm -hmm. what they think looks best for you. And, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so I'm, I'm just, every time we do one of these podcasts, I'm like, I need to hear this at this moment. <laughs> yep. Yep. Always. Crazy. Mm -hmm. so, and then a lot of people also aren't used to change, you know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yep. always taught, you know, go to school, get a good education, get a good job, have a family, have children. And it's just like mm -hmm. we are in different and, and God's definitely moving through us, letting us know, you know, just because that's the norm for other people, that may not be the norm for you. That I have for you. That may not be the purpose that I have over your life, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that you're able to, um, you were able to stand still first because we do mm -hmm. have to have moments where we're able to listen, yes, and yeah. um, take that moment to heal and stand still and build a better relationship with God so that we can make sure that we're hearing from Him and not our own thoughts, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to comment on this, you know. When people are always in your ear about certain things and what you should do, and then sometimes it, I've gotten to a point where God has shown me, well, you know, everybody could tell you what titles you need, you know, us living here on earth. None of that we're going to need once we go into heaven. You know what mm. I mean? So he has shown me that. And I wanted to, like, even just put that out there for, you know, um, because, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's good to have all these titles and all these things that we want to need and everybody always telling us what we should have and what we should be doing, you know, mm -hmm. but like, think about it spiritually. Like when we go to heaven, you know, I put that in my head too, but I want these good things too. But in the end, we're, we're all going to be just like each other once we go to heaven. So mm -hmm. it's not something that we need to hear, but not, we're not going to need it when we're up there. Right. And those titles aren't going to get us in heaven. So we should fight for the title. Yes, we fight to have the heart like Christ. You know? Yeah. The title yep. will not get us to heaven. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of people at the gate. Like, hey. Right. Yeah. This the like, right. oh, you love my people. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> How did you treat your neighbor? You know what I'm saying? Just little stuff. How did yeah, you treat exactly. your neighbor when you came outside? You know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I trust people forget mm -hmm. about things like that. Well, mm -hmm. I did that in mm -hmm. the third and I, you know, but how, how mm -hmm. are you when it comes to other people or mm -hmm. how did you take the enemy or someone that's you know back talking you when when uh you get to the when we get to the forefront of things you know mm -hmm. and um that was a good point jenny i like that yeah that was mm. that reminds me of my um the title of my the upcoming um episode is um functioning but not fulfilled uh set i mean successful but not satisfied and I talk about how we do what we're told to do, what the world says, you know, this is how your life should look to be successful. Um, but a lot of people's not happy. And so it's not only that we're neglecting, you know, um, like other people by trying to get positions and titles and, you know, even careers that look good or pay good, mm -hmm. we're neglecting our souls. 
And I feel like with all these mass shootings and everything that we're dealing with, like, you don't know if you're going to be here tomorrow. And so mm. the goal should be, I know my goal, I want to feel that peace. I want to feel that abundant life that Jesus said mm -hmm. he came that we may have. Um, yes. Our goal should be to find out who we are and what it is that makes our soul happy. Because when our soul is in a good place, God is able to use us. So you're able to be more loving. You're able to be more, you know, happy and, and being able to love on other people and uplift and edify and do the things that he required for us to do. You know, you see some people that's successful, but they're nasty. They're tired. You know, they're working a job yeah. and they're paying the bills, but they're not able to even enjoy the fruits of their labor. Uh, we've seen celebrities that have all the money in the world and commit suicide because they're, you know, the whole time they were neglecting their souls. Doing things that, you know, maybe just to survive, but nothing that makes you happy, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. And you're a living yeah. testimony. And I think it's important that you mention, like, your soul being happy versus mm -hmm. flesh being happy. Because mm -hmm. when I was doing the most, when I was living the most foul, I felt like my spirit was in flames. Like, I was like, I'm mm -hmm. weird. But on the surface... That's when I got the most likes, the most sad, the most mm -hmm. friends. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it's, but it's like internally, I was, I was like, this is weird, <laughs> and this is when I have the most friends, and I don't like myself. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So sometimes you really have to step outside of your. You know what I mean? You have it does. It's not about what what everyone else is doing or how you can fit in. It's mm -hmm. about how you can make your spirit happy. But like Jenny said, that's what's going to get you in the gates. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Appeasing your flesh isn't going to really... It, it's temporary. It's a temporary fix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think it's important to make sure with anything that you do that your spirit is aligned and God's aligned with your decisions. Because obviously, Nani, you're living proof that if you work hard and keep God in your life, you you have you wear so many different hats. Your children mm -hmm. are so successful. Like you are living proof that mm -hmm. you can break the system, you can break cycles and actually obtain true happiness. So yeah. I needed that tonight. So thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> thank you. Uh, such, <laughs> such a woman of faith. Uh brave and a wonderful testimony and thank you so much um for your story and i hope anyone that's out there that takes heed to your story and just walks out in faith just like you well we all women you know us women of strength should be walking out and you know in that faith as well so um i have a question that we all have we all ask our guest speaker what makes you uncommon ah uh. Uh, let's see. I would say my path in life. It's not common. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not typical. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that I'm able to be okay with it, be okay with who I am. That's not common. You know, um, I don't feel that I need to fit in. Uh, when I tried to do that, I wasn't happy. Uh, my spirit was not in a good place. And, you know, just being able to trust God and allowing him to, you know, remove certain people out of my life. He's replaced them with better people. Um, it, it definitely benefits you to be rare and be different and just accept your path. Um, and real quick, uh, one thing that God just showed me recently, um, and, and this is even with, you know, 
being into like life insurance and things, a lot of times we will beat ourselves up about what we don't have, or we will look on social media, you know, messes up the minds of people. They can't really mm -hmm. love themselves or, you know, accept their uniqueness. Um, and so we see someone getting married or we see someone, you know, having the car, taking these trips and going to Dubai. And God was showing me, like, just be OK with the path that he put us on, because a lot of times you don't know. Um, and I've seen that with people that, you know, may be very financially stable, but they're dealing with an illness. Like, you don't mm -hmm. want God to switch up. Like, OK, so since you say you want to you want this because you see this person have it. OK, I'm going to give you this. But you got to take everything else that they're dealing with. And they may be dealing with cancer. They may be dealing with this. So God was yeah. showing me the freedom is when you can accept the path that I have you on and the things that I have given you to deal with. And just know that I said I won't give you more than you can bear. And you're looking at someone else from the outside, but they're bearing something that's more than you can bear. But. I gave it to them because I know they could deal with it. So it's, you know, a good thing to just be able to accept your path, accept who you are, accept what God is doing in your life and, you know, live life and be happy and embrace, you know, being uncommon. <laughs> Let that be the goal. Wants to be common. <laughs> I love that. Mm, I love that. I definitely love that. <laughs> that was yeah. so good. Um, Thank you everyone for tuning in this evening. Um, if you want to be a guest speaker or if you know someone that wants to come on our platform to speak on the testimony, um, you can email us at uncommonwomenpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure you go check out our YouTube channel, um, like and subscribe. Yes, and we are transitioning to TV. So guys, this is going to be big. So please don't, don't be the reason why the people near you aren't you know, getting exposure, promotion, or, you know, getting to the next level. And also stay tuned with us for Motivational Monday. Like I said last week, I think me and Shanae are going to come up with some good ideas, Jenny Lee as well. Uh, we just want to motivate people and honestly do God's work and be uncommon. So just tune in with us. Thank you, guys. Thank Bye. you. Thanks, ladies. Bye. We hope you enjoyed great. today's episode. If you've been shacking up with us for a while and haven't subscribed to our channel, what are you waiting for? Please like and subscribe to Uncommon Woman so you won't miss another episode. And remember, don't let anything or anyone affect your peace. Good vibes and stay uncommon.